Hey everyone, welcome to a new episode of Throw It Batch. We aren't just your typical Bachelor Nation podcast, we are all-knowing, all-seeing. AKA, we cover spoilers, news and gossip, astrology, and more. You have been warned. We get spiritual, we get witchy, and sometimes a little bit tipsy. I'm Sam. And I'm Melissa. Let's throw it back. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Throw It Batch. We are covering Clayton's season, episode seven. Uh, We also finally have some spoilers for you guys. Uh, We'll get into them at the end of the episode, but... Oh, it's not looking good for poor Clayton. That's that's all I have to say. How are you doing, Melissa? I'm doing good. I like when we record in the daytime. I have more energy. I'm more clear. I don't have as many brain farts. I mean, I can't say I won't ever have a brain fart because I have that brain farty moon, but I, I do. It is much easier for me. <laughs> is that what we have? Our brain farty Aquarius moon? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know where yours is placed, but as for me, I, I get them like so much. And I also have, you know, diagnoses that contribute to it. Yeah, me too. Same, <laughs> same here. Um, well, gosh, let's, I guess, start with the Sarah saga. So, you know, she comes back to their home base after her date and she gets the rose and I, I, don't, I don't blame her for being angry and a little bit aggressive. And I do respect Mara for being like, yeah, it was me. I mean, she kind of lied about what she said, but at least she said something. Yeah, I I would agree. She, she owned up to it. She was straightforward. She brought out her Capricorn. Yes, she definitely did. Um, So things are tense with Sarah. None of the girls seem to like her. Um, I'll get into my feelings about that in a little bit, but Mm -hmm. Sarah and Mara, um, had a really like aggressive conversation and I was listening to some other podcasts and they were like, yeah, I think Mara was a little bit drunk. I'm like, yeah, they probably both were a little bit drunk. Yeah. But I didn't see on I mean, maybe editing, but I didn't see really anything coming out of Sarah's mouth. Mm-hmm. I wonder if she's just so keenly aware of cameras and what to say, when to say it kind of thing. Judging from what we got to see, I thought that Mara was extremely hard on her, like taking it a little too far. However, I believe that that's because Mara knew she was going home and she just was like, I got to lay it all on the table before I get eliminated. Cause she, she seems like she knew she was getting eliminated. She was dressed to the nines. She had her shoulders back. She's like, I'm going with dignity. Mm Mm-hmm. But she didn't because yeah. she wasn't very nice. That's the irony. But she knows she's going to get camera time, I guess. And hopefully, may, maybe that's her audition for a Bachelor in Paradise. Sure it is. Um, you know, I wish her the best. Unfortunately, she did not get a rose. The roses go to um, Susie, Serene, Gabby, Rachel, Teddy, Sarah, and Genevieve. Those are who have the roses at this point. So this is final six. Well, at least we got two rose ceremonies this episode. And now we're like back on track, which I appreciate. Susie gets another one-on-one date. This is the most obvious Bachelorette edit I have ever seen in my life. 
And I, I like Susie a lot, but I, she's a pageant girl. Like she's not this modest, like I've never, like, I don't come from, I'm like, girl, like you've done pageants. I don't think that this is that like, Ooh, ah, I've never experienced anything like this in my life. I thought the exact same thing, but I was so ooh ah gushing over that date because it's in Austria and in this, I mean, the architecture, everything was gorgeous. And I was so mad that they went to Austria because I'm like, now too many people are going to go there. (laughs) And I want it to be, you know, it's like how Portugal was like Portugal was like this little secret. And now everybody goes there and even like bachelorette parties are happening there. It's like when Tulum got outed and everyone, you know, every like basic B started going there. I I thought the exact same thing, but Susie is a waitress right now at home. So she she is like, I thought she was a wedding videographer. Like Susie has many faces. She really literally does because she always looks different. And there are people that are photogenic, which she's photogenic, but she's also camerogenic. I think she's in, more camerogenic than photogenic. Yeah. And Genevieve, like, I, I will get into my um, whole thing with her, but I find you always talk about her Instagram and I ironically never looked at it or maybe I did, but not like consciously enough. Mm-hmm. I probably just like glanced and just didn't even focus and went about my like crazy 19 tab brain Genevieve whoa like completely different person on her Instagram Mm -hmm. than on camera I would like everyone to know the reason why I like to podcast is that I am neither camera genic or photogenic I everyone meets no it's no everyone who meets me in person goes wow you're a lot prettier in person (laughs) than you are pictures and even my friends when we take group photos they're like oh Melissa get out like you're ruining the pictures that's so (laughs) no it's serious so and it doesn't help that I'm like four foot tall I'm all for filters and that's my stance you guys can tell me you can curse me off like my dms are open I don't care I'm for the filters people (laughs) like me we need it more than anything you're either not going to see me talk on story or you will and that's pretty much it. But anyway, yeah. So Genevieve, I would, I definitely don't want to be, I don't mean it in like a mean way. Cause she's gorgeous on off camera in photos, everything, but like, she knows her poses and mm-hmm. she's super like photogenic. Anyway, back to Susie. Yeah. Totally different faces. She looks different every time she's on camera, even like on her stories. Like I'm like, no, she doesn't look like Hannah, Hannah Brown. But then she does. Yeah, I still think she does. It was funny. um, Hannah Brown posted stories of her watching the show and she was like, oh, my like my twin, like, you know, I love it. Yeah. And she was like, it's so funny because I went on a similar date. And, um, you know, I also feel like those dates are a test for like wardrobe for the stylist to be like, could this person be at the next lead? Because Bachelor Data did one of their like rundowns of, you know, who got that date, like Becca Kufrin got that date. Um, Jade got that date, um, who, you know, is married to Tanner, like he, like biggest couple bachelor in paradise, like whatever. Several of the winners have gotten that date and several of the leads. So it's interesting. Wow. Yeah. Because it's like, they don't want to invest that, you know, I think Hannah Ann got something similar. So it's like, 
they don't want to invest that kind of money in someone that doesn't matter because they get to keep a lot of the stuff a lot of the time. But what is funny and what was kind of like a faux pas on their part, I did not like that red dress. I thought she looked ridiculous. Like I would never have chosen that. And I don't think she liked it. I mean, it was fine, but I think she wanted a different one. But the thing is, she had to choose that dress because of the song Lady in Red that was already been like slated to be sung by that older famous guy, which I mean, I know the song. And Colton's favorite color is red, which all the girls are right Oh, I mean, oh my gosh, I do this every episode. Jesus Christ. Um, not saying his name in vain. I mean, I'm not even <laughs> religious, whatever. Okay, very good point, Sam. Love that song. Love yeah. that moment. Love that Clayton's favorite color is red. So mm-hmm. is mine. It's also the, yeah, you're right because of the song, but based on the material, like, I'm sure it's a very, very expensive dress. And I'm not saying that. And tool is expensive. I mean, you have to pay like a thousand dollars for a tool veil for your wedding. I just think that compared to the feather dress, it's yeah. probably the most affordable. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe they were trying to nickel and dime or they're like, pick the red for many well, reasons. Yeah. <laughs> Clayton's favorite color. We got the sing. We got, we got the song. <laughs> got it all queued up. So of course, Susie gets the rose. Um, Then we have this group date, which I have feelings about. And most people I'm seeing on the podcasts and everything are like, oh, not another therapy date. This is so inappropriate. I'm like, no, the other therapy dates have been inappropriate. Like, I think this is the most appropriate therapy date we've seen on the show. It's had a, I mean, I think she's a real therapist. I hope so. Yeah, they didn't really dig into, or at least we didn't see on camera much personal stories, except for Gabby's, which was something she already shared. Mm -hmm. So the other girls were kind of keyed into how do you feel being in this experience? Yeah. But you know what I think is really cool? Like he should have couples like legit couples therapy, even if it's not films, even if we don't get to see it or just clips of it, like that should happen every season towards the end. I think when you're like, what do, what does our life look like together? Like, what are your biggest insecurities about us and really fleshing that out? But I think that would make the couples have better chance of success, which I don't know that the show always wants necessarily. And I did think this was more appropriate because yeah, okay. They're exploiting people by like making them divulge their deepest, darkest secrets on camera and they might not be comfortable like Genevieve wasn't, but at least they weren't in front of each other. At least it was just Clayton and the therapist. Yeah. And that library was absolutely extraordinary. I know. <laughs> it's like goosebumps. I, I wouldn't be able to concentrate on the therapist and be like, books, books, books. I know. I would have um, been like Belle. <laughs> like, I know. That's my dream. Literally, that's my dream. I, I just can't. I just can't deal with it. I would like to say that this is something that's done on Love at First Sight. Right. And I think it's very helpful for all parties involved. It's helpful for the viewers to understand them. They're going to explain their what they've explained in therapy on Instagram anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know I sound like a douche saying this. My point is I get both I get all the perspectives. I get where people are saying like, oh, psychoanalysis on camera, like not really cool. Uh, But I also get that this is useful. 
I wish it was also done after fantasy suites. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, Especially in this scenario with what we've got in the previews. Yes. Like send them someone, send, send help. Like, SOS, SOS. I mean, the lady, the therapist, she was gorgeous. Like she, I know she really was. I know, but yeah, let's talk about Genevieve's time. I, Cause I did feel bad for her because, okay, if you were Genevieve, of course you would feel like your guard is up. You just got the two-on-one date. You didn't get a one-on-one. Susie just got her second one-on-one. Sarah just got her second one-on-one. And so it's like, what is she even doing there? So I think at first she's kind of closed off anyways, but yeah, I mean, Genevieve just like really kind of like cracks, but in a way where you go silent and you just, you can't even speak. She has nothing to say or contribute. And, you know, I feel like at that point, she just wanted to go home. She shut down because at this point, where do you even begin? She hasn't had a chance to explain herself or speak or express herself to Clayton personally mm-hmm. this entire time. And the only one-on-one quote and quote time she got with him was during the Shanae situation which was very hostile. I think that she's still kind of, you know, mad dealing at him with the, yeah. like you're, are you an actress? Like that was, that was, it was rude. I mean, I don't blame Clayton for that. Cause he's just literally just what a is, sheet in the wind. His mercury is an Aries. Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't like it. Very, very blunt, direct, just like needs to shoot, shoot out from the hip kind of thing. It's Mm -hmm. very impulsive um, communication style. Mm -hmm. So he, and he portrayed that in his conversation with Sarah. So then Genevieve and Clayton agree that they're both not there yet to meet her parents. She goes home. Um, Also there was a deleted scene with uh, uh, Trent from Barstool Luggage Trent knocking on her door and she's like can you take my bags please <laughs> I just saw that this morning yes. I need Genevieve on the podcast with Trent like going over that moment I, I wonder if you can even realize that that's Trent from Barstools like I mean unless you're, you're in the a middle huge of- fan of the show probably not well but also you're in your you're in your fields you're mm-hmm. you're headed like do I stay in Austria or do I leave? Like, <laughs> I would be like, uh, if I pay my own ticket home, can I stay here for a couple of days? Like, I no, just want to hang out. <laughs> they don't let them. Oh, that sucks. Oh, that's awful. I would be even more upset about that than anything. But I, like- I did find out though. And I did kind of know this, that once you're down to, I think final three and you get sent home, the producers like typically like take you on a vacation wherever you are because they can't let you go home yet and like some like if you're final two and you know you don't get picked and the lead and the winner are off in love and like a honeymoon suite the runner-up usually has to stay there and just hang out with the producer as like the person they wanted to get engaged to is like having sex with the winner bachelor nation please hire me i would be the (laughs) best carrie bradshaw of Sex in the City movie <laughs> type companion for that situation. I would literally be like thriving with this person who's crying nonstop about this. I'd be like, come on, girl, margaritas. I'd be like waking up every morning, like making Bloody Mary. <laughs> I feel like you didn't like him anyways. It's okay. I mean, think about it. Think about it. Like I would just be 
creating all these scenarios like well think about it think about it all this like devil advocate things will be like get this girl away from me but then at the end they would feel like they've they would feel better even though they would hate me the whole trip and I would get to travel it'd be so much fun I think that's pretty awesome though that they at least get a little vacay out of it Jason Tardick talks about it when he was final three too he like traveled with the producer and yeah super interesting um but yeah let's get into Rachel so she talks about all the insecurity that she's been feeling, um, but she trusts him that he's going to make the right decision. And then he like, I really think that he likes her the best. My mom thinks it's Susie that he likes the best. I think it's Rachel. I think it's always think so been, too. Yeah. Like, I think it's always been Rachel. And so when he sees that she's feeling insecure and she says that there's other women that have made her feel this way. He's like, well, tell me right now who it is. Like whoever it is, he's getting rid of her because he loves Rachel that much. He got protective. His protective clause came out for yeah. her. And the body language is like, even I want to protect you. But in a way he feels protected by her because Clayton is having a really hard time getting out of his shell as well. Mm-hmm. And she's the driver of their relationship. And he's the passenger, which I think is really, yes, she's literally the pilot. So I think that's really, that's a really great companionship. That's good for their relationship. I wish we could get the therapist on the podcast and question her about that. Also, I want to point out afterthought, Genevieve was in blue. Genevieve wasn't breakup blue, which I think means that she knew. (laughs) Somehow she knew. Um, Somehow she knew her Scorpio moon. No. Yes. Well, Sarah, not nearly as self-aware, apparently at first she, when she finds out a therapist is there, she's like, Oh my God, I love therapy. And I wrote my notes. I was like, good brag. Like I support that brag. Like, yes, therapy is great. I love that you've had a therapist for a long time. That's fantastic. I mean, I just really want to know what part the therapist really played in all of this because sure, Sarah was kissing up to her, but from what I saw, that they showed us. I don't think that she seemed like that bad during their therapy session. Yeah. The only thing that I could see as performative, which we'll get to would be maybe her talking about how much she loves therapy. And it was kind of like a kissing up moment. Mm -hmm. Perhaps she spoke like she was on a job interview in a vulnerable moment. And maybe the therapist didn't like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's not always just the therapist, it's therapy and co, which is all producers. And yeah. Yeah. And Clayton confronts her here, you know, saying that like he's heard that she's been telling the girls personal things about them. And while that's annoying and rude and hearing that, like how Rachel said she came into her and Teddy's room after, told them every little thing. Apparently, she told them that Clayton cried, and Clayton's like, I did not cry. He was very strong on that. He did not want anybody to think that he cried. After that, like the therapist comes and tells everyone that there's someone here that was not honest. Well, yeah. So first he he hears that there was someone that was performative. Later on, when he starts sitting down with Rachel again, that's when he hears about the, the supposed crying. And everyone thinks that he's getting defensive about crying but what that really means is you've shown a more intimate and exposed version of yourself to her versus the rest of them like you haven't cried with me yet so how am I ever going to catch up to a moment where we get that bond and I think that he's trying very hard to make sure he's 
fair with each person, even though it's backfiring on him because sexually he's not being fair. (laughs) He's like, you know, he's like grabby and rolling around with Rachel and having hardcore makeouts with some people versus others. But that's his, you know, that's that Taurus in him. We'll get into Uh, it later, but let him live. Okay. Part of relationships is sex and touching and oh yeah we'll get into that part later yeah for sure but I I just will have to say that as far as emotionally he's trying to be very frank with everyone he's not he hasn't and that's one gripe we have with him during this entire season like I can't believe we're getting into hometowns and I feel like I haven't really seen that much of a relationship journey because he hasn't exposed the little stories of himself and I think back to the crying thing I mean yeah maybe what you said is the reason why he was upset but I think maybe it also he really doesn't think that he did and doesn't remember it and would remember it. And that is like, okay, you said that, like that was a blatant lie. So if like, you've said that I cried and I know I 100% did not cry, then what else have you lied to me about and are lying to other people about? Exactly. And I, and I think that's one thing that really jolted him is feeling like he could get manipulated by the people that he's investing in. Yeah. And I feel like he's feeling stupid at this point and is really done with being made feel stupid, like with the Cassidy thing, with the Shanae thing. And now, you know, he with someone like this who he thought he cared about. So, um, you know, Rachel, Gabby, all of the women are really anti Sarah. And I mean, it makes me feel that there has to be some truth in it. If every single woman left is saying the same thing. Um, With that being said, I, I don't think that Sarah really necessarily deserved the exit that she got. It was entertaining, but I just didn't think Clayton treated her with enough respect. Yeah. So some people were posting, like, do you think that Sarah deserved this villain out edit? I didn't see it as a villain edit personally, but I could see why other people see it that way. I think that the conversation with all the girls that they had while she was in the therapy session was completely on point. I think they were very mature in that conversation. Like she does not mean it in a malicious way, but subconsciously she knows that she's throwing bones subconsciously keyword. She knows that she's throwing bones to show everybody else. Like, this is where I measure. This is where I stand. And in one of the other episodes, I forgot who said it. And trust me, I'm not going to go back and watch, but (laughs) sorry but someone mentioned that she was sort of in a private conversation ranking where everyone is with Clayton and so yeah so I I wish I could remember who said that and that's why they were a little ick with her because they didn't like that so much who did that on Katie's season that everyone bugged out over oh Hunter Hunter was doing that yeah So it's kind of like a little, yeah. And I think that that's um, a very childlike, impulsive thing to do. It's not malicious. I know Hunter is not a malicious person. I don't think Sarah is a malicious person. I do think she's really more immature than Mm -hmm. they've been trying to pose her. I think the show has been editing her as much more mature than what she really is yeah and like I was listening to bachelor happy hour and last week and Serena P obviously she was the youngest on paradise she was one of the youngest on our season but then forget don't forget that they had kit as well 
who was super, mm-hmm. and they were both super mature, but, you know, Serena just like really went to Sarah's defense because she's like, you know, age doesn't mean maturity, which is true. But in this case, I, I think it's okay to be, you know, to not be ready to get married at 23. That's completely okay. And I don't, I think people bringing that up is sort of, it's like a way of, that's like the only What's what's the saying goes? It's the only dog they have in the fight. There was other things about Sarah that you could pick apart. Do you know what I mean? Right, right. And Serena also mentioned on the show, she was like, I mean, how old were the two villains that we saw this season? Shanae and Cassidy, they were in their late 20s. So, yeah. Well, here's the thing. The truth hurts. The truth yeah. hurts. So when there is things that you could pick apart about someone and you know that it's going to make you sound really bad, you're going to sound like an awful person explaining this truth so you kind of go for something that's a little bit more of a vanilla explanation you're trying Mm -hmm. to it's your default because you don't know either how to express the rest or you know that expressing it just makes you look bad the truth hurts it Mm -hmm. sucks because then you're going to get you know the villain edit and or it's just going to become like a whole thing that and all you're trying to do is be honest. That's why, what do they say? Like the road to hell is paved in good intentions. Yeah. So I think everyone's just like, okay, if I just say this, and this is like a copy and paste way in Bachelor world to say something, it's the safest thing to say. I want to go to this scene though, because I think that it is one of the most epic scenes <laughs> in Bachelor Nation. Well, of the oh. season, but like I could see it in one of those compilations, like most like... Um, ridiculous, like kind of funny <laughs> breakups. So, you know, Clayton is confronting her and she's like trying to cry. And all of a sudden he's like, I feel like you're, you're not even really, you're faking you're, these, you're, <laughs> these tears are not real. This you're, you're fake crying. And then she quotes Ariana Grande and gets mad. Like she, her face completely changes and is like, yeah, she dropped it. She uh-huh. dropped the act. And then she goes, well, I have no tears left to cry because I've been crying so much this week. And I was like, girl, that was the last straw. And he's like, I don't believe you. If I can't trust you, we can't continue. So takes her to the car again, no tears. Then he says he's not giving out a rose at all. I was like, if he gives the roles to Rachel, like he's in trouble. Like he can't just keep on giving her the group date rose. So I'm glad he didn't give it to anybody. Me too. I, I felt the exact same. A lot of Aries and his son in his chart, a lot of Aries in his chart, Venus, Mercury, um, and then the sun in Taurus, two things that Aries and Taurus share when it's done, it's done. I have been in a five-year relationship with someone, woke up the next morning and acted like it never happened. It is done. It's done. You flip a switch. When the veil is pulled, Mm -hmm. you literally can't pull it back. I've had that experience with Tauruses before. Like I like Taurus is definitely my favorite earth sign. And I, it's, it's mostly friendships. Um, but once there's an argument or I say something that this person doesn't like, like we are not only never talking again, but we're enemies and it's like, whoa. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I don't, I think there's other parts of the chart that maybe can detail whether they're going to hold a grudge or not. I personally, my Aries doesn't hold grudges. However, it is ironic that she had no tears left to cry. And Clayton was like, thank you next. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Wow. That was amazing. I love that. He's like, and I think that he, I think he appreciates having a determining factor because he's getting really swept away. If he is a Pisces rising, which he's acting like he's getting completely reflector vibes with everybody. And he's just becoming too immersed. Sarah having that grandiose reaction the last time he spoke to her and she immediately ran to producers and kind of had this like, woe is me type thing going on. Again, I know she must've really had pain and panic in that moment. My intuition was like, there's something not completely genuine about what she's doing on this journey. I'm not saying she's using Clayton. I'm not saying she doesn't have feelings for him, but if she really could dig into the root of why she's there and what's motivating her, I would think it would be to fall in love to the amount that she understands it, but also gain notoriety and everything. I'm, I, I don't like saying someone's not here for the right reasons because I don't think people really know what their reason is until everything's done with and that and they learn and grow from the experience. But the way she spoke in different ITM, she's like, I got the rose on lock. I've had two one-on-one dates with him. I have this on lock. Calling things on lock is subconscious. It's like your subconscious is showing me that you're viewing things kind of in like a Shanae format of like competition. I'm here to win. Well, let's get into Serene. She's lovely. She's really nice. I just, I don't have a lot to say about this. Um, they always like go every season. You find like an old couple polka dancing in a city that isn't necessarily, um, you know, representative of polka dancing. I remember when they went to Cleveland during Peter's season, they had this <laughs> old couple polka dancing in downtown Cleveland in like the main square and they were eating pierogies and we're like, this is a Cleveland regular. Everyone's polka dancing around Cleveland. And I was like, what are they talking about? That's not true. From someone who's been to Cleveland many times, you would know. Yes, uh, who currently lives there. No polka yeah. dancing here. Um, I haven't seen it. I've yet, yet to find out. What's with the, they must have a secret inside joke or something about that. About that. That's really funny. And- you know, they keep on saying how much fun they're having together. And I'm like, this is the friend. This is the best friend. Even though, I mean, how having a best friend that looks like her, I mean, she's just, she's so beautiful. She's like flawless looking. Yeah, she's perfect. Honestly, she really is flawless. I think she'll get engaged in paradise. I really do. Like they're going to, there's going to be a line waiting for her. I feel like no one deserves her. (laughs) Maybe Brandon. (laughs) Oh, he's so cute. I know. Brandon always makes me gush. It's like, oh. <laughs> um, so yeah, then uh, again, they talk about how Clayton says, you know, him and his ex grew apart. It became more of a friendship. And I was like, wait, this is, seems like a similar story. That's interesting. And then she tells him she's falling in love with him. You know, she's got a safe face there. She's like, oh, no, 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 no. We're not friends. I love you. I love you. I'm falling in love with you. And I'm sure she's one of those people that once she leaves, she'll be sad. And then a few days later, be like, whoa, was that a fever dream? I was not in love. Well, she's a Gemini gem. So yes, she is. Um, Then we have the rose ceremony. Rachel is so nervous. And I'm like, girl, are you are you really nervous? Or is this is this a show, too? Because I feel like he's made it very, very clear um, how he feels about her. 
he makes it very clear how he feels about her, but his way of finding clarity with her because, and he feels comfortable doing so because again, she's a driver, right? And when he's around her, that Pisces rising that he most likely has, I can't confirm it, but if he reflects it, Mm -hmm. he reflects that driver energy with her. So he kind of like, she's kind of like proved to me this and that, which is fine. You know, I, she's like, I want clarity. And he does the same thing to her. I notice him giving her harder questions, being more inquisitive with her than the other girls. Also, she really likes everyone that she's competing with. It's so funny. She like, every time someone gets sent home, she cries and she's like, yeah, oh my God, I can't believe it. I'm like, girl, every, someone's going to go home every week. Yeah. She's really, really, um, connecting with everyone. And I think that's why when he ends up mentioning that he had sex with multiple people, mm-hmm. it's going to really, really hurt her because I think that she's also going to, a, a big chunk of her mind is going to be like, I'm always going to have a friend now that you had sex with. Yeah, I guess. But I mean, we'll get into it in a few minutes, but that's what you sign up for. Yep. yep. I I believe that. But yeah, I did find it interesting. I think that she was really, really close with Teddy. And when she, when Teddy gets sent home, Gabby, Serene and Susie are all arm in arm. And Rachel was standing, not arm in arm with them. Like she was standing with them but she was like really more devastated. So I kind of in that moment saw a separation between the other three and Rachel, but to Teddy's exit, I mean, again, my mom kept yelling at the TV. No one's crying. No one's even upset to like go home. We saw three exits tonight where I didn't see any tears in the SUV out of there. We didn't see tears from Genevieve. We didn't see tears from Sarah. Not any real ones. We didn't see tears. Oh, from you mean the person going home? Yeah, I didn't see any. And usually, you know, those, especially this far along in the game, they're hysterical in the backseat of the car. Yeah, because like, what has he provided? Teddy was walking away. They all were like, she's so graceful. And I really agree with that. She was so graceful. Uh, she just looked stunning. Literally, though, it's like Abigail to a T. It's really funny. I think they placed the same as well in the season and got the first impression rose and, and all of that. Um, and then quickly, I just have a little bit to say about the preview that we saw. We finally <laughs> do see the dad. The dad is in the picture. He seems really mean. The mom looks really mean. And so we see Clayton telling them that he slept with two women and his dad says, you screwed the pooch and like, you deserve whatever's coming to you. And his mom looks livid and it's just they're hard on him but yeah let's get into some bachelor nation news and gossip so let's continue with this conversation reality steve has come out with the first finale spoiler you know we all thought he was with rachel Apparently the finale is in Iceland, I believe, um, and Clayton leaves alone. And Mike Fleiss tweeted, is it Mike? Yeah, Mike Fleiss. I think, yeah, he's one of the executive producers. He tweeted, there's a huge historic announcement, blah, blah, blah. The announcement was, was that 
this isn't a traditional ending and the ending is still up in the air, TBD, which is exactly what happened with Peter. He wanted Maddie. Maddie left because he slept with this, the other women. Yeah, I mean, I think Peter slept with as many as he possibly could, which it just made me laugh that they were all so upset about this. I'm like, you guys don't know this guy at all. If this is like upsetting for you, like Peter is the biggest fuck boy that's ever been. Like, he didn't who- say though that he slept with them, but they knew. I think he told Maddie, I think she asked him. Oh. I think the girls even told Maddie. Is Maybe. that what happened? And Victoria Fuller, in typical Victoria Fuller fashion, was like, yeah, isn't that like what we're supposed to do? Yes. <laughs> but so we are pretty certain that it's Rachel and Susie final two. And then we see in this preview that Clayton says, neither of the women even want to be here anymore. And so I have a feeling that maybe Rachel leaves when she finds out about him sleeping with both women and, or wants to leave. And then he kind of starts going to Susie and Susie's like, nah, no. And Susie also probably knows in the back of her head and producers have probably told her you have a really good chance of becoming the bachelorette. I mean, Melissa and I talk a lot off the pod about how ridiculous we think it is that people get so upset that people have sex in the fantasy suites. I mean, that is one of the purposes of the fantasy suites. I'm pretty sure Michelle had sex with a few people in the fantasy seats. Nobody got upset there. I mean, it's interesting because I would think that men have more pride and would be more upset, but it seems to me the women get more upset about it than the man does. Yeah. And I wonder if that's because of societal conditioning that you don't want people to know that you went there. Also, some of the women don't care and they're like open about their sexuality. Not everyone's there Mm -hmm. for many different reasons, whether they of their upbringing, their astrological chart, their personality, all of it. They all have different reasons. I just watched Love is Blind and the women were trying to be very coy about it. The guys were like, yeah, we did it in like three different (laughs) places last night. (laughs) And I know that I would have a really tough time with, with my family knowing what, what I ended up doing in that situation. However, if I was the lead, I would want to sleep with everyone. I'm sorry. I would need to know that part of you and of myself with you. Unless you're waiting until marriage, which is totally fine. I don't really see any issues with doing that because sex isn't the only thing in a relationship, of course, but it's an important part. And very important part. When Charlotte married Trey in Sex in the City and her friends were like, wait, you're about to walk down the aisle right now. And you guys like haven't had sex. And they had tried to have sex the night before the wedding and it was bad. And then she was panicking and they're like, you're so stupid. Like, why, why would you wait? Especially if you've already had sex, if you're a grown adult. And again, I mean, I just can't believe Clayton told them that. But the thing is, is that there have been issues in relationships from the show that stem from the winner finding out that the lead had sex with the runner up and they find out after the show, Jojo and Jordan. um, I mean, again, I do not know how Jojo could have had sex with Robbie. He's really gross, Um, but I'm pretty (laughs) sure she did. And they had a really hard time for like a year. Like they almost broke. And they're like this one of the strongest couples now. Why is Robbie gross? Like, why do you consider him? Um, he's just like kind of like a gross human being. He's like this, 
he's like a skis ball. He's a he's a certified. Oh, oh is he like a quagmire? Is that what you mean? Kind of. Yeah. You know, the slick back hair. I think it almost looks like he like, has hair plugs. Um, like yippity yippity. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like wants to kind of F anything that moves. Yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. He's, okay. And I don't want anyone listening because I have friends that, you know, waited. I actually know a lot of people that were versions up to 27 years old and everything. So I'm not saying anything bad. Just don't want, I don't want people to think that, but if, if you know who you are and you know that you're a sensual and sexual person, and that's really important to you in a relationship, I also respect that because that's how I am. I like to lead more with sexuality and that energy. I feel like that's how I intuitively figure out people really well. And even though I'm not as open, because I don't come from a family that, you know, my mother waited until she was married to have sex. My father is the only person she's ever been with. And I came from a family that put that expectation on me. At my bridal shower, my Nona showed everyone at my bridal shower the sheets that I will lose my virginity on because she didn't understand that I've already been having sex for over a decade. So (laughs) yeah, that's like the family I come from, like super religious. Very weird. (laughs) It was awesome for comical reasons. By the way, I dated my husband for like seven years before I got engaged. So come on now. She probably knows the truth. She probably deep down knew that I'm not one, but she at least wanted everybody else to feel that way. So mm-hmm. that's where, you know, so I get it. However, I would need to totally do it with everyone. I think there's nothing wrong with it. And we date around. We yeah. What's the difference between literally going on Tinder and dating a few people until you find someone to bunker down with and doing this? What's the difference? In a, in a society where everyone is trying to be so like non-committal until they know the one or they feel that someone's promising, I'm shocked by this. Maybe it's where they come from. A I lot mean, of hometown girls. like Maybe, but because I don't know what's going to happen in the next few weeks. If either of them have a conversation with him and say, if you sleep with someone else, I'm going to leave. And that was the thing about Maddie, like, and Peter, I think if she would have told Peter that, he wouldn't have done it, maybe. But I feel like with Clayton, for sure, if he really knows he wants Rachel and she says, like, I don't think I could handle it. If you slept with anyone else, like, I don't think he he would have done it. He doesn't, like, know how this game goes. I mean, apparently he's alone. Like, he's not with anyone. Seems like they're going to try to get them back together on After the Final Rose, which has not worked really previously many times um so yeah I feel sad and it's also frustrating to continue to watch the season and it's like oh great like this is what we're building up to heartbreak I can only hope that they just are so in their heads from being exhausted and in this little Stockholm syndrome and experiment that they'll eventually come to clarity and he'll find love because I do think that he's more of a commitment type person that people are giving him credit for. I do really think that he wants to find someone. I don't think he really wants to come out of this and be like, live in this bachelor lifestyle afterwards. Mm -hmm. I think he might though. It's a 50, 50 chance because this experience might 
force him. It's forced him out of his comfort zone so much that when he's in a new zone, he might like want to keep pursuing it and experimenting with it. He's not the kind of person that can make a decision right on the spot. I do believe he is, he felt in his mind that he was in love with all three of them. And the only way to decipher between them is once he has space and figures out who he misses the most. And then I also just wanted to talk briefly, Zach and Tasha, whom I love, um, you know, I guess they are in communication. I think Tasha is working with Bumble. She's saying that she's dating again. Apparently, Zach's friends have been trying to sign him up for Raya. They want him to start dating again. Um, but he says that he's just not ready to trust anyone and just doesn't like the idea of being in the public eye and dating. And he felt as though I think Tasha shared too much of their relationship that he wanted to be more private in their breakup and he's having some trust issues. I don't know. I still feel like there's like hope for them. And I just want to understand what happened. You know, I do too. That really breaks my heart. Marissa and Riley too. I don't have it in the notes, but I mean, apparently like Demi, Deandra have been like writing these tweets that Marissa has been liking, you know, saying like, you really don't understand what happened. Um, you know, someone's putting on a show, like basically blaming Riley for the breakup, saying that like, there's something that he did, you know, we don't know about. So, you know, that's, that's what you get for dating a Virgo guys. Oh, stop it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it is, there is a downside. There's a high expression and a low expression. That's the new terminology I'm going to use because I always say light and shadow side. I do love Virgos and I love Virgo men because I've seen the Virgo men that get walked all over girlfriends cheated on them a hundred times. And they're still like, Oh, I'll do anything for you. Like on their knees for them back. And I've seen the Virgos that are possessive. You need to look a certain way. You need to act a certain way. You need to be here on time. You need to do this. You need to do that. And if you don't want to follow their plan, they will completely destroy you. The Virgo I dated I've never been spoken to by a man like that in my entire life. Like, like all the meanest things you could say to a girl. This is what sparked it. All I said to him is, I feel that you are just, you're, you like to plant in a bunch of different pots and water them all equally, but you don't want me to have plant in different pots as well. I, I know it's a really weird metaphor, but It was my way of saying like, you're talking to other people and you're constantly trying to prevent me from talking to other people. And it went from like that to, I hope you die kind of thing. I was like, what? I'm I'm giving a planting terminology. (laughs) Wow. Well, gotta be careful of those Virgos. I will say that there there are good Virgos out there, I suppose. Um, But yeah, on that note, let's get into what's your sign, Melissa. Who are we talking about this week? We're going to dive into Genevieve and we promised that last episode. I also would like to say that when we did that dive on Gabby, mm-hmm. the Leo moon, uh, Clayton is also a Leo moon. I think I mentioned that. I'm not sure if I did. Mm-hmm. So I just want to say it again in case I didn't. I'm excited to see when he's with his parents to, you know, get that side out of it. Um, The moon does change every two days, give or take. So there's a lot of cusps. 
However, like I said, when it was Michelle's season, because Michelle also could be either a Sagittarius moon or a Scorpio moon, she's kind of on that cusp, but that you could have a little bit of the energies of both. But from what I see, I felt more Sag moon with her because she is so optimistic. Genevieve, unfortunately, is like also kind of a cusp. I played around with it because people are saying that she's a Pisces rising. So I think that her and Clayton really, you know, at least bonded over that or like Mm -hmm. felt some kinship with that. She does absorb everyone else's energy, but that I do attribute a lot of that to her Scorpio moon. So yes, Genevieve's Gemini sun, Scorpio moon. I mentioned Michelle because Michelle born in a different year was, is also kind of on that cusp with the Gemini sun. Here's a fun fact. This is a really cool thing that I think you're going to appreciate, Sam. When your sign is the opposite of your moon sign, like Aries and Libra are equally apart from each other on the Zodiac wheel. Right. People call it sister signs. Sister signs are, you know, who are exact opposites from you. Cancer, Capricorn, Libra, Aries, Pisces, Virgo. When they're exact opposites, like a Gemini sun with its opposite of a Sagittarius moon, that means the moon was full. You were born on the full moon because the full moon is always opposite of the sun sign season. She is most likely a Scorpio moon, which is what I saw exhibited, but that means that she was very, she was born very close to a full moon, which could attribute to a lot of, you know, intuitive, intuitive awareness, psychic awareness. I mean, everyone's Mm -hmm. psychic, but still she would be technically born on like a waxing gibbous moon, which is, you know, half lit a little bit less than full and makes her very analytical, extremely analytical. Um, They have a really strong need to understand other people more than themselves, which I also felt happened with her Scorpio moon, but yeah, just a little fun fact. And if you are the same moon sign as your sun sign, that means you were born on a new moon. So well, that's, cool. that's, yeah. So that's something that you guys could also go on a moon phase calculator if you want and figure out what moon phase you were born under if you weren't under either the same sign as your sun or the opposite sign as your sun. You could figure it out. Anyway, so- Gemini sun and Scorpio moon, Genevieve, she has a super high IQ. She requires loads of mental stimulation. She likes to learn new things constantly. Um, If she does like acting, she definitely loves it as her form of communication with that Gemini sun, Gemini Mercury rules, communication, 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 and expression, of course. So I think that if she does like the acting thing, and if that's really what she wants to pursue, she probably sees it more as like a thespian versus come on now. I want to be famous and adored. I looked at her Instagram for the first time. And this is kind of like a side, another path. I'll get back to the sun and moon. I, it's a funny story. So I did while I was watching live, I'm posting stories about Genevieve. I tagged Genevieve from love Island. Oh by accident. <laughs> didn't realize it until 24 hours later. Uh, so yeah, then that led me to find the real Genevieve. Can the real Genevieve please stand up? And I looked at her Instagram deeply. I go, whoa, 
all right, this is her midheaven. Her midheaven is in Sagittarius. There are Saggy vibes coming with her with that little cusp thing, even though I would definitely say she's Scorpio moon. And then the Sagittarius midheaven. I like to look at Instagram as sort of your midheaven show because that's your public persona. That's who you are to the public eye. And my persona on Instagram is definitely more Capricorn since I don't really like <laughs> like I don't know I digress but I am not I, I try so hard to be like other people on Instagram and it's like a square peg in a round hole I like to sh- talk more about real estate on Instagram and spirituality which is more like Capricornian <laughs> but <laughs> anyway so hers is in Sagittarius I'm like this all makes sense this is such saggy vibes Sagittarius rules the hips and the thighs. It's a risk-taking sign. It loves travel and it's optimistic. She shows that side of her so much on her Instagram. Plus she's always kind of showing like the thighs and the hips doing sexy Mm -hmm. and sassy bikini pics and everything that I would have not expected if I only saw her on the show. It's just like a totally different much more exuberant. It's it is risk-taking, right? Not everyone is comfortable you know, posing in bikinis and like itty bitties stuff. And like, she looks gorgeous and her body's freaking amazing. Yeah. I think she's, but not everyone's, yeah, she's stunning, but not everyone's comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. So it, it is interesting that she's not comfortable with expressing her emotions, but she's so comfortable expressing herself physically and everything on Instagram where There are people like me who are so the opposite. I can express my emotions all day long. Mm -hmm. I get super, super self-conscious about myself on Instagram. Me too. I like haven't even posted and I have things to post, but I haven't posted in forever. And I'm like, I don't know why I'll I'll, I'll post on my stories. um, But I'm too, I need to get back on the grid, man. I don't know what's wrong with me. Literally and figuratively. Yes. So (laughs) Yeah. So Gemini is the sign of duality. So I think that that's, she definitely has fun having, well, subconsciously, she definitely has fun with this duality of like, this is what you get to see, but I'm so much deeper, Yeah, you, you know, than, than all this fun stuff. Um, she definitely likes it. She's really good at it. She's very influential. Sagittarius also very influential. It speaks to her having that, you know, Jupiter, ruled sign as her midheaven and having so many followers. I think that that is not just a coincidence. It's also Mm -hmm. astrology. So Gemini is a sign of duality. And then to have the Scorpio moon, it's like, holy hella duality because Gemini is air. It's out there. It, it, It expresses, it gives, it mirrors, it shines the light on things. And Scorpio being a Pluto ruled sign it's like all about the secrets and it's dark and it's like what's in the basement what's down under you know yeah what's Uh, in the basement is right with the Scorpio (laughs) yeah like what's in the basement whereas Gemini would be like the light post outside in front of your house Mm -hmm. to show everyone how to get to your door like Scorpio is the basement and the safe the safe in the basement behind a secret door Scorpio moons like to keep to themselves a bit of isolation is their thing they don't want to get to know everyone they have a hard time trusting people or at least trusting everyone which plays into a part of why a lot of them 
don't go to therapy. Not saying I don't want to get the DMs, but I'm a Scorpio moon and I go to therapy. I it's why it's not common. Not saying that you're not the exception to the rule, mm-hmm. but let me tell you, I know a lot of Scorpio moons in my personal life that constantly are telling me who and what to trust and not trust. And they're also the ones that never want to go to therapy. It's just super common for them. And I don't blame them. They do have a life where they have like family secrets most of the time, or their mother kept a a lot of secrets from them. A lot of the trajectory of a Scorpio moon also is to later find out a lot more information about their father that they never knew before. So they'll have like one idea of dad and then someday learn that all this other stuff happened. Um, That also happens with Aries moons. I mean, it could happen with a lot of other moon signs, but I'm just saying they just learn. You just can't trust everyone for whatever reason of what happens in their lives. And they don't feel comfortable expressing themselves. Those feelings are locked in the basement. It's just so common for them not to go to therapy. So her saying that right before heading into that session with Clayton Mm -hmm. was like done. She has to be a Scorpio moon versus the possibility of the Sagittarius moon. They do need a lot of mental self-care though, which is why they need the therapy more than anyone because their brains are literally on overdrive, especially with the Gemini sun, super intelligent. And then the Scorpio moon just absorbing so much intuitive information. They really, really need that self-care. So when they actually end up going to it, they love it and they thrive. Um, I like to say there's a high expression and a low expression, I like that way of putting it, but there's a very deep side to a Gemini sun, Scorpio moon. They have a hard time not only expressing their emotions, but their intellect. And they like to date someone who stimulate them and bring out that deep level of emotional intellect, as well as just regular intellect. Mm -hmm. They need they don't do so great with someone who needs a lot of affirmations or reassurance, which I think Clayton is more of that type. So they wouldn't have lasted even if they did fall for each other on the show. I feel like they totally. are not each other's type. Yeah. yeah. Just not so compatible. They on the low expression side, they have a tendency to control their partners. That intelligence can be used for manipulation and can be extremely possessive. Scorpio and Gemini do share that possessive nature. I don't think Genevieve is of that, but I just want to put it out there in case anyone's listening and has like a X with this placement. Well, I'm interested. I do think she'll be on paradise and I'm interested to see when a woman crosses her, it will not be pretty. Definitely. I I think that she's like a, I think she's a good person. I really do. And I, I, I would love to see who she becomes and who she how she exhibits when she does kind of like break out of her shell and finds the right person. Yeah. And I can see her storyline on paradise being like, I'm the girl that like hates therapy and like, this is something I'm going to work on. And then maybe like, it'll just be this running theme and Wells will pretend to be her therapist. And they'll be like, sit down, Genevieve, let's talk through this. Well, now that she's pretty much told the entire world, she doesn't, she's never gone to therapy. She's never tried it. She doesn't like it. Did you see her Instagram post? No, I haven't seen it, but I'm sure a lot of people are going to, I, I'm sure she's found a therapist at this point because I'm, it's only going to make other people encourage her to do it more. And I'm sure the show will encourage her too, because after doing something like this, you need therapy. I mean, you just, you were on national television. That's hard. That's hard on anyone. 
I keep wanting to call her Gemaviv because she's a Gemini. Mm, I like that. Gemaviv. You should really change her Instagram handle. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's start with Sarah. I'm only giving her this cocktail because of the way that she was portrayed on the show. I'm not saying she's the devil, but everyone um, seems to think that she is. So she's getting the devil cocktail because she got the devil edit. Um, Devil cocktail, brandy, white creme de menthe liqueur, and ground cayenne pepper. Oh, I want to barf. That sounds awful. I'm going to give her a whiskey sour. Let's do Teddy. I'm giving her a cocktail called the frostbite because I just felt like she was so cold to Clayton when he said goodbye. It just all of a sudden like a total 180. So it has tequila, blue carousel liqueur, um, white creme de cacao liqueur, cream, and cherries for garnish. I'm used to seeing her much more warm and emotional, but she was not. Teddy was such a graceful Libra in her exit to me. So I'm going to give her the Cuba Libre. Right. Then lastly, we have Genevieve um, giving her the mudslide cocktail because it tastes really good. She deserves a nice drink and she just slowly slid out of the show. It just kind of kept on getting worse and worse to the point where there was no coming back and she was out of there. So that has vodka, coffee liqueur, and Irish cream liqueur. I'm going to give her the... Uh, white claw raspberry lemonade <laughs> it's purple it's really pretty the lemon is makes it like just super vibrant with the yellow and the purple and it's vodka drops of this coloring called velour three ounces of lemonade and a raspberry white claw Also, one thing I wanted to um, add before we wrapped up is Mystic Michaela, who we love, did the aura colors for the remaining women. And I thought that was really interesting. I like that. And I guess. Yeah. I would guess Susie is red and blue. I would guess Rachel is either blue and green or blue and purple. No, no, she's Maybe blue and purple or blue, purple, and green or yellow and blue. I just named every color with Rachel, actually. Gabby is definitely purple and blue or pink. Okay. You're right with Gabby. You got Gabby. Um, what, what, which was she, pink or purple and blue? No, she's purple and blue. Okay. Um, so Susie is actually a tricolor. She is green, purple, and blue. Wow. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, Rachel is yellow and purple. I saw yellow with Rachel. Yeah. Serene is indigo and purple and Clayton is yellow and blue. And then she did Jesse Palmer too. He's yellow and purple, just like Rachel. I completely forgot about Serene for a second, but the indigo 1000%, I would have guessed her in indigo. Yeah. Well, that wraps it up this week for Throw It Batch. Please rate, review, subscribe, slide into our DMs. If you guys have any spoilers or know anything, message us at Throw It Batch Pod. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week. Bye.